0: So if we could begin by turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, and say amen when you have it. And it says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we as ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled unto Christ. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we can become the righteousness of God. Amen. And first, I just want to say thank you, God, that, that tonight that we are redeemed, amen, by the blood of Jesus. We have been set free. We are no longer bound by the lies of the enemy. Yes, we, we struggle. Yes, we have battles. But we are now bound. We are no longer prisoners. Amen. And God has called us out of darkness. Amen. And he says here that he has implored us to be those ambassadors, to go back and preach the ministry, the message of reconciliation. And for those of you that, that may not know what reconciliation means, it means to restore a friendly relations reuniting, bringing back together, amen? See, we're with Christ. We battle, we struggle, but we know that we still have loved ones. We still have friends. We still have girls in the streets, men, young men. Even our, some of our children are bound, amen? And God has called us out of darkness, and he is telling us to go back. Go back. Be an ambassador, Go back and preach. And he says, not only not only did the did the writer say go back, but he says, I implore you. I implore you, go back. And to, to implore implore means to, to make an appeal. To, it makes it a seriousness. This is a serious situation. The ministry of reconciliation is a serious situation. Amen. Code red is a serious situation. And not only are you called to be an ambassador, but an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Now I work for the Better Business Bureau. And if any of you have had experience with the Better Business Bureau, in order to be a member, you have to be accredited. And what that means is that we do a background check. We make sure that you do what you say you're gonna do. You've been in business, you're not a fly-by-night business. You're not a scam artist. You don't have something on your website. You, you know, it sounds really good, but in the background, you're not doing it. Amen. And so, and that's the, that's the perks of using the Better Business Bureaus because you, I'm not advertising, but I'm letting you know that, that you can come to us the, and, and know that the business that is accredited with us, the background has been done. Amen. And so, as an ambassador, now, God has already told you that you're an ambassador. You're accredited. That means he speaks for you. That means he says that even in your weakness, I am made strong. God says that, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you're an ambassador. Now he's saying, I implore you, ambassadors, go and preach the ministry of reconciliation. And when we go to Code Red, that's what we're doing. We're preaching the ministry of reconciliation. We're preaching the love of God. And, and let me share with you when we go, let's not go and get discouraged because the girl walks away. And she don't want to hear you or she's on her phone or she puts her hand in your face. or Don't get discouraged because as long as you let her know that Jesus loves you, that seed has been planted. Trust me when I say that our ministry, we know our ministry has been doing this for many years. And people come later, oh, you came and ministered to me 15 years ago. Tonight when you preached the gospel. Friday when you preached the gospel. Saturday when you preached the gospel. You're planting, you're watering, and God's going to bring the increase as you preach the ministry of reconciliation. And I just want to share a few facts with you if I can about human trafficking and prostitution. And how many know that there's, there's, there's child? They break it up in categories. There's children, there's women, and there's men, OK? So that's why when Pastor mentioned that Code Red is not just for women, it's not. It's for the men, too. Because men are young boys. They get stolen. They get kidnapped. They get even lied to. If you go in Oakland, you'll find that young men are on the streets selling their bodies. Young men, are like Pastor mentioned, are hiding in darkness Pimping the girls, even some of the girls are pimps. So I just want to share with you a few facts about, about, about prostitution. And then first, let me say what human trafficking is. Human trafficking is a criminal business that profits from enslaving people for sexual servitude and forced labor. It is the fastest growing and second largest criminal industry in the world. Second to drug dealing and tied with illegal arms on Prop 35, and according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. On Polaris Project website, it says that slavery today and 200 years ago share the same notion. It's the notion that one person's life, liberty, and fortune can be under the absolute control of another and be sold, bought, or used at the will of the owner. And if you don't believe that, then I want to encourage you to go out, grab a diamond, and minister to her, and you'll find just how enslaved she is to her pimp. And you ask, why would you stay in a situation where he beats you, where he's taken away your family, he's threatened your family, that he's put you out on the streets, you are of no value to him. And yet she finds herself enslaved to him. There are people out there enslaved to their pimps, even in love with their pimps. No matter what they do or how wrong they're treated, they're in love with them. California is the hot spot for domestic and international human trafficking because of its large population, international borders, large economy, extensive ports, and because it's a metropolitan region. Average for American minors is 12 to 14 years. Many are runaways and who have suffered sexual abuse. Also, California harbors three of the FBI's 13 highest child sex trafficking areas in the nation, which includes Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego. And because of the internet, this has fueled the rapid growth of sex trafficking making the trade of women and children easier than ever before we don't have to go cross country in a car in a bus on a motorcycle it's just a simple click and a girl or a young person is bought just like that just like that and i praise god for the wisdom of our leadership because that's part of code red is the internet ministry of, of going on the internet and ministering to the girls, I praise God for the wisdom because they see, they, their eyes are open to, to the tricks and the schemes of the enemy. Globally, the International Labor Organization estimates that there are 4.5 million people trapped in forces of sexual exploitation globally. The economic reality, and this is quoted by someone on the, which I found, I'm not sure who the author is. It says, the economic reality is that human trafficking is driven by profits. If nobody paid for sex, sex trafficking wouldn't exist. You're, they're consumers. We're consumers, we buy product. It's the same mentality. They become a consumer. It becomes the norm for their lifestyle. They become addicted, they depend on it, okay? The girls too, they're bringing in the finances, they're satisfying the pip, whether it be out of fear or out of love, whatever the case is. The same as for them. It also says that prostitutes often live a shorter life because of abuse. They're also subjected to murder. Now, one, one country, Zurich, Switzerland, came up with a solution. They had a really bad prostitution problem. Their solution was a sex drive in. Their idea was is if they got all the prostitutes in the same area, they could control the environment. How they sold it to the public. This, is, this was the setup. Well, when the John rolls in in his car, and when the John rolls in in his car, there's only a small distance between his door and the wall. It's the safety for the girl, because he can't open the door and get out and beat her and things like that. Another uh, proposition that sold it, there's an emergency exit for the girl, so if she ever feels endangered, she could just press the emergency button. Also there's a, a sign in the front of every vehicle and it's like a carport. You can imagine uh, different sections where they drive in, where they, the privacy takes place. And then there, there's a, a picture which shows, um, it encourages uh, protection. Their idea is, well, we're encouraging them to use per- protection. And so these are the ideas that they sold to the public. Can you imagine the morbid, the mentality? Hey, you know what? We got this big problem. And instead of being this instead of giving a solution as far as reaching the person and, and finding out the reason why they're out there and discipling them and sharing the love of God, let's go ahead and build a convenient drive-in. This is the same country, they're doing it for Heron users too. You can drive in, and if you show up on time, you get your fix. This is this and, and, and let's remember that we, we are in a culture, we are in a world where things become contagious, okay? And if it works for them, it would work for us, especially because America, we love money. We're a business. We're a corporation, so why not? So these are the battles that we're fighting against when it comes to girls that are out there. It's not just a girl. She's just, oh, I'm just driving down International Boulevard and there goes a truck. No, no. It's more than that. And let me share with you, over my years of, of working with women, some of these girls come from good homes, good homes, good families. Some of these girls are not dumb and naive, okay? Let me share that with you. So please let us not think that, oh, um, uh, well, you know, we go to church and the, the word of God is being preached in our home, and, you know, my child is not subject to that. no. And let me share with you that girls are getting picked up off the street. They're getting kidnapped, okay? I got my goddaughter in Oakland. They almost, her and her friend was walking down East 14th a few months ago, and these guys tried to snatch her up. It's that, that, that quick, that easy. Oh, I keep my daughter close. But your daughter's going to grow up. Your daughter's going to grow up, and she's going to have friends. She's gonna go to school with girls, because let me tell you, these girls, they go in the schools and they start recruiting these young girls. They go into the malls, they go wherever they see these girls and they start recruiting. So this is where us as adults, where we need to take the responsibility and begin to create an environment where our young people are aware of what's taking place. They see the battle, they see us fighting, they see us go to the streets, they see us wear our cold red shirts. They see us on our knees, praying and fasting. They see us hitting the streets. They see us preaching it behind the pulpit. Cold red is a a word in our house because we're gonna build our young people to become aware of the schemes of the enemy. And tonight my message is, are you building bridges or idols? Because God has called us to a ministry of reconciliation. And just like when he delivered the Israelites, he gave them provision and they had choices. They chose to build an idol. What are we doing with our resources? Are we building people? Are we giving our resources to build people to be that bridge between us and, excuse me, them and Christ? Are we building idols? Are we using our resources to build idols? Idols that we cannot take to heaven. Idols that have no value. We value them. Only we value them. What are we doing with our resources? And it's, you know what, I don't know what it's, definitely don't know what it's like to, to be a pastor or pastor's wife, but I will share with you that being in full-time ministry, it's hard. It is hard work. But you know what, just alongside that hardness, that fine line, is joy, is peace. And when you find that God can do anything, I can build something out of nothing. He built us. Nothings. He built us into something that God has called you. He has pulled you out of darkness and he has trusted you to be his ambassador. Are we building bridges? Or are we building idols? Tonight I want to I wanna speak to those who are going through battles, who are struggling. Maybe you're in a situation where it's too heavy. Let me tell you what the Bible says, that he who refreshes will also be refreshed. And if you need a refreshing, I want to encourage you to step out of your battle. Even if the storm is coming out with you, even if the discouragement, even if the roughness is coming out with you, I want to encourage you to step out, come out and let God refresh you. Let God remove, let him him filter all of that out and refresh you with a newness. There is nothing like it, church. There is nothing like it. And I praise God that he has allowed me to, to, to be able to serve in this ministry that he called me 15 years ago. And I am grateful for that. And no, nothing is easy. But praise God, nothing is easy. Because you know what? God didn't call us to be sissies. Or <laughs> he didn't call us to run, right? He said don't shrink back. So if he made it easy for us, what would we be? We wouldn't be warriors. We wouldn't be champions. Right? We would just be defeated. And so I just, tonight I just want to encourage you to come to Code Red. And like Pastor mentioned, it's for everybody. And if husbands, if you're not releasing your wives because you're afraid for her, I want to encourage you to release her because there's going to be men out there. We've been doing this for years, and, and I, don't, I don't say that with pride, but I say that in, in God. We've been doing this for years. So men, release your wives. Husbands, release, or excuse me, wives, release your husband. If you can't go, you have to stay back with the children. Release your husband because I'm going to tell you there's nothing like, there's nothing like this. And, and one more thing I want to add is that we're fighting a battle, And Pastor just mentioned that the devil don't fight fair. So we can't pick and choose what part of the battle we want to fight. Code Red is part of the battle. We have to fight it. We have to fight it together. We have to move forward together. We have to advance together. I need you to watch my back, and you need me to watch your back. We got to watch each other's backs, and we got to be out there, and we need to advance in the kingdom of God. Amen. So if the enemy has given you some reason or some excuse why you can't make it, please, I just want to encourage you, go before God again and lay that at, at his feet and say, God, help me to deny my flesh. Help me to be encouraged for cold, red, even if that didn't come from that lifestyle. But I believe that you love them just like you love me. We hear it all the time, and yet we struggle with believing it. Imagine those that don't hear it like we hear it how much they struggle, and they don't have a Savior. We have a Savior. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord God. We pray, God, that that you would have your way, God, in code red, Lord God. Anoint us, God. Lord God, we want to rise up to be those ambassadors, Lord God, to, to grab a hold of that ministry of reconciliation, Lord God, and preach your love, God. Lord God, even if we're not eloquent in speech, God, and we may not know what to say, God, But we trust that, that Lord God, that in that time, your Holy Spirit would speak through us, God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through us. And all those around the world, Lord God, that are gathering together for Code Red, Lord God, we thank you for those treasures out of darkness, God, that you're going to rescue, Lord God, that you're going to sweep from the hands of the enemy, Lord God. We thank you and love you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. What an awesome word from Sister Carrie. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Everybody say, can you hear their silent cry? Can you hear their silent cry? Do you hear what I hear? (laughs) Uh, Turn to Matthew 1. Matthew 1. As you're turning there, Matthew 1. I got saved at 19, very shy, quiet. But I really wanted to hit the streets. And it's good to see Loopy here. And um, I really, really wanted to hit the streets. And I'm like, God, I was in prayer. I was 19 years old. And I said, God, I want to hit the streets, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how to talk to people. And I, you know, I'm just really, really afraid of people. And he gave me, I opened up my Bible, and it was like the Word of God just jumped out. And he gave me Jer- Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8. And it says, you know, I don't know how to speak. I'm young. And then God says, don't, know, don't say you don't know how to speak. I have called you and anointed you and, give, and touched your mouth and given the, you the words to go and tell my people what I want you to say. Now you go and you tell them. And what do you see? you know, and so I've learned, I've leaned on that scripture, and I just want to thank God for that, because it's only through him, amen, it's only through Jesus Christ that we step out on faith, and we share the love of Jesus Christ with hurting souls, amen, because we were once hurting, and I didn't come from that lifestyle of the streets, I was self-righteous, I dabbled in um, drugs, and alcohol, and promiscuity, but I didn't, sell my body or anything, and I, but I heard the silent cry, and as you turn to Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus, we will read verses 2, 3, 5, 6, and 16, 2, 3, 5, 6, and 16, and the word of God says, Abram was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Verse 3, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Verse 5, Solomon, the father of Boaz. uh, He's not a fish. He's not the salmon. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Verse 6 where and it says David the father of Solomon whose mother had been Uriah's wife Uriah's wife was Bathsheba amen and then down to verse 16 Joseph and Jacob the father of Joseph the husband of Mary of whom was born Jesus who was called Christ and the Lord put this upon my heart because it's a It might seem boring to you, but if you study who's who and why, who married who, um, Jacob, his name means deceiver. He was a twin brother, and he stole his brother's birthright. He wrestled with God, and he had a bunch of sons. You've read that or read it. He, He had a bunch of sons. One of them was Judah. When they sold the younger one, Joseph, or you heard the story of Joseph, Judah, for some reason, left that situation, and he was walking. But prior to that, he he had found a wife for his oldest son, and her name is Tamar. And the Lord killed his oldest son because the Bible says that the he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and so she was a widow. So he told his second-born son, you go and do your duties and, and take Tamar as your wife. Do your duties. And he did. That was evil in the sight of the Lord because he did not give her a son. She did not become pregnant. And um, so because um, her, his sons did evil his wife died sometime later and he got lonely the bible says that after his grief he went walking to some town and she tamar found out and in she said to herself he didn't leave me um an inheritance a descendant so i'm gonna dress up and pretend i'm a prostitute so while he was on his way she dressed up as a prostitute she took off her widow clothes dressed up as a prostitute he being a so-called man of god uh requested her services and did you know that uh, when sister carrie brought out human trafficking men johns come from all backgrounds of life rabbis pastors businessmen single men we watched, my husband and I watched this one t- uh, TV show, this one uh, documentary. This one Indian man, maybe about 24, 25, he traveled five different transportations, three hours, just to get with the so-called 14-year-old decoy. And that's how strong um, the spirit of per- perversion and um, prostitution And sexual immorality goes way back there. It's a stronghold, and it affects family lines. And I brought this out because we are going to focus, though, on Rahab. Okay? She was the mother of Boaz. And Rahab, in Joshua 2, turn to Joshua 2, 1 to 13. I'll read it for the sake of time. Joshua 2, 1 to 13. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. Jericho was the worst city in the world, the Bible says. The worst. And Sacramento has become the worst in the last 10 years. Stockton is number one. Um. They went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come. From At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for... you, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites in the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Um, if you study the um, life of Rahab, she... Um, she didn't believe in God, but she had heard, her and all the people in Jericho had heard how mighty God is, how He deli- how He used Israelites, the children of Israel to conquer. Amen. We are more than we're champions, right? Can you hear the cry in Sacramento? Can you hear the cry all over the world? These children and these women and these boys. There's someone's child. There's someone's mother. There's someone's grandmother. And she, if you read about her life, she ran a brothel. It was stuck real tight between thick walls of Jericho. And I thought, now, how did those two spies, men of God, find it? You know, and why were they in there? What were they doing in the brothel house? How did they meet Rahab the prostitute? You know, and I'm studying it, but really, they withhold their testimony (laughs) because they, in the chapters before, it said that they prayed. God, Joshua told them, "Consecrate your heart," and they were pure, and that's how they were to spy the land. Our pastor's wife um, and the team there of the region—they were spying out the land for these last four weeks. Every Friday. From 8 in the morning to 11 at night, they would be out there spying the land in Sacramento. So we're not going over there blindly. They're not taking us over there by blindly. Sacramento will hear the God that we serve because they already trailblazed over there. They will hear how God saves people, outcasts, on drugs, gang members. Children, families—they will hear and they will fear. And God's already given us that territory, so fear not, people. Fear not, because God will give you the words. God didn't. Rahab wasn't afraid. She she could have been afraid because she had this business you know and for her to hide the spies she was committing treason against her own country because she was hiding against the king she was hiding them against the king that's why she is honored in faith yes she lied but she lied she lied to save her her and her family The Bible calls her a prostitute. She cared. She still loved because she said, promise me that you will save me, my mother, my father, my brothers, and my sisters, and all who belong to me. Can you hear the cry out there? Those children, they're bound. They don't know. They're they're trapped. They're being controlled. Can you hear their cry? They want to cry out. Someone help me. Someone save me. My mother is prostituting me. My father is prostituting me. And how how do we know? Because I met a girl. She was in um, elementary. She was two years old when her father molested her. She. She, at eight years old, she would play soccer, and she couldn't go with her friends, the Asian-Vietnamese family. And at the age of eight, her father and mother made her sign a contract, you will become a doctor, you will buy us a house, and and then he molested her since she was two. He sold her, he made a six-figure income. He sold her in the brothels, Oh, right over there in San Jose. He did, They didn't come over here. She was born and raised in San Jose. And then just because they weren't getting along, her parents, and they were divorcing, the mother sold her. And then she said she got a twisted mind, this girl, her, her name is May. She said that in the summer, it would be her most lonely time because she wanted to be with her friends but couldn't. And she, she couldn't stand being in her home in a quiet place because she would go nuts. It was too quiet. So she would go to her mother's um, nail salon, and in the back was a brothel. And they put her back there, and she was sold. And this is happening today. She's about 26 years old now, and she's making people aware, be more aware of human trafficking. It's not just over there and they come here. No, they're being born and raised here being sold by their own parents. Can you hear the silent cry? Can you hear Rahab? Can you hear the silent cry of young boys, young girls, women? We're going to go to the worst of the worst area over in there in Sacramento where there's drugs, gangs, and possibly child prostitution. Men, we need you. You may have been molested in prison or jail or whatever. We need you. You have that pain. And today you could, tonight you can release it here at the altar because another little boy, another teenager needs to be freed, needs to know the truth and the salvation that you and I have. And we need to just go and step out in faith, open our mouth, and he will give us the words. Amen. Turn to Joshua 6. Okay, so Rahab, her house was stuck inside the thick walls of Jericho, hard to find. History says it was hard to find. So chapter 6, Joshua, it says, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Sounds like prison, right? No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with this king and fighting men. men. March around the city once with all the armed men. And I want you to focus on Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Could that be your heart? Could it be so cold and hard that you don't let no one in and you don't reach out? We're victory outreach. We're not victory defeat or me, myself, and I. Yeah, it's easy to withdraw, to get depressed and isolate, but people need you and me. They need us to be the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Just like you and I were reached. Don't be shut up. Let people in and you reach out. If you don't know how, then reach up first and let him soften your heart. Let him take up that hardest stone and give you a, a soft heart. Amen? And it says that we're going to, that the the Lord told Joshua, march around the city once in Sacramento, we're going to march around the Capitol. And so just like Joshua and his men, we're going to march. I don't know how many times we're going to march, but we're going to march, and we're going to believe, amen? We're going to march and be an example, because those um, government officials at the Capitol, they're corrupt, and they're... um, requesting services from these broken people and that needs to stop that we need to pray for the government and we need to pray for their deliverance these johns they have families these pimps that i saw when we were out in oakland i said this guy he was on on a bike he looked like 13 years old and he told this um white lady who was a prostitute she made me look, looked 35 He called her the B word and said, you get on that corner because she wanted to come with me. She wanted to um, leave the streets, but she was afraid of him. And I looked at her. I didn't want to get her beat up or put her life in jeopardy. And I thought, how can a grown woman listen to a teenager, you know, but in and sister Carrie brought it out a little you know when you are abducted and this is happens this happens in real life i was just told from two people this week that her sister was lord to the mall and she could have been even lord to east palo alto and she's right here in hayward she could have been lord to the mall and what they do and this other person they told me that when she She had this boyfriend who would um, say, oh, I love you, you're my number one, but she wasn't his number one. And she almost got, he, he groomed her, and he was like Romeo to her. And she, one day he just slapped her, and these women, these young girls, they get beaten down, they get raped, 10, 20 times a day until they're broken, until their their mind is broken, their spirit is broken, their body is broken, until they're so broken that they will just submit to whoever is controlling them. Well, how about we be broken before the Lord, and we submit to God, and the devil will flee. And when you come out there, when you and I go out there, let's submit to the to the Lord and resist the devil and he will flee. Frequent women like Rahab are more often sinned against than sinners because they're abused. They're broken down. And in Pastor's message on Sunday, Zach's house, Zechariah's house, he wanted, Jesus said, I want to go to your house. And Pastor talked about The three categories of sin, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the world. And we have that because we're human, but we have to come against that. We have to pray and fast and be in our word, and we have to allow the Lord in our house first, in our heart first. What is in your heart? What is in your house? Do you still have, even after that message, do you still, or are you still entertaining porn you shouldn't. It's a stronghold. Human, tra- human trafficking is a billion dollar industry and it robs people. If you wonder why, it, when it hits Christians, they're being cursed because they're using God's money, their tithe, their offering to buy a prostitute and they're being cursed. And then you think about the diseases, how many diseases there are that comes with it, and scars in the heart and the life of a person, in that girl, in that boy that's being molested, that's being abused, that's being taken advantage of. Rahab's sins had been scarlet, but the scarlet line freeing the spies when she threw, if, when you read the Bible, it says that she threw the scarlet rope or cord out her window as a token for them to come back and rescue her for her safety. And this signifies the red blood of Jesus Christ, that the worst of sinners can be saved from sin and hell. And if you think about it, thousands of people lived in Jericho. Thousands of people lived in Jericho. And I told you, it was the worst city in the world, the Bible says. Why was Rahab the only one who heard the Lord's voice calling her out of sin? Why? And she was a prostitute. What was everyone else doing? Why weren't they sensing the Lord? Why didn't they hear the voice of the Lord? Do we hear the voice of the Lord? Do we hear him when he says, go? Jesus, who came in behalf of sinners, himself being born of sinners. Remember the genealogy? There were three bad women in his genealogy. Tamar, who dressed up as a prostitute. Rahab, who was a prostitute. And Uriah's wife, Bathsheba they all sinned sexually but Jesus came from that line and he can relate with us because he who is without sin died for us and his lineage was full of sinners liars deceivers murderers prostitutes, gang members because David had a gang of outcasts and then trained them to be mighty men of valor, and there are mighty men of valor sitting here. There are mighty men of valor in all of Victor Outreach. What will you do? How will you be used? What is lodged in your life like her house between the walls? What is lodged in your life when, when Joshua and his people were sent to walk around the walls of Jericho, the walls fell. Let the walls in your life, let the walls of your heart fall. Let people in. and Because God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's in Romans 5, verse 8. And rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, just like what Sister Carrie said, that through whom we have received reconciliation. In Romans 5, we could go there, be used of the Lord in Sacramento, and reconcile others to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he died for you and me. He died for our families. He died for lost souls. That are still out there. He died for the world. And we who have forgiveness of sins, we need to let others know that they can come to the Savior and be forgiven of their sins. Like Jacob, the deceiver, Judah, he lied, Tamar, Rahab. How will you let God change you? How will he let you let him use you? And what sin is Jesus calling you out of? What sin is he exposing in your life? Don't be shut up like the, the walls of Jericho were. Be broken down before the Lord's presence. Reach out. Let people in and reach out. Turn to 1 Peter 2 in closing. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, will you hear the silent cry of the twilight treasures? 1 Peter 2, will you hear the silent cry? Do you hear it or are you ignoring it? Do you want to do something for the Lord or are you content? with just me, myself, and I. In First Peter 2, verse 4 and 5, the Bible says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We were once rejected by men, but we are chosen by God. We are precious to him. So are those twilights out there, the young boys and the young girls, the hurting men and the women. They are precious to him. In verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Man, priest of the home, you are called to be a royal priesthood. You cover and protect your family, your wife, your children. Man, you are a chosen people. Women, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful night. we were light. We were once out there in darkness. But remember Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the grates of bonds and cut the bars of art. I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who have called you by your name, am the God of Israel. And there are still people and souls out there who are called by God. God, who He knows their name, He knows their heart, He knows their condition. Can you hear the cry, Victor Outreach the Bay? Can you hear the cry? I want to ask you to bow your head and, and reflect. Do you know anyone out there? Or maybe you, are you stuck in sin? Are the walls up that are too thick around your heart? Are you lodged in sin? And you might think, I've done this and that. I've done so much. How can God love me? He loves you. He died on the cross. He he only had to demonstrate it once, only one time. Who will do that? No one. He loves you and me, and he loves them. He loves the souls out there. Don't tightly shut up the heart, the, your heart. Go out there and be the fighting men and women, fully armed. Cross over and help your brothers until the Lord moves and rescues them. And you will take possession of the land wherever he is giving you. And whatever the Lord has commanded us, the people told Joshua, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we will fully obey you. Just as we fully obeyed Pastor Sunny, we will, we will obey Pastor Esteban, who has the lord the spirit of the lord and whatever is commanded that we will obey that we will put to death demonic strongholds that we will put to put to death strongholds in our own life less of the flesh less of the world and less of the eyes and god told joshua three times be strong and courageous Be strong, Victor Outreach, Heart of the Bay, as you walk in faith from this day forward, as you go with us to Sacramento, because one day God will use you across the land, across the foreign world in South Africa. He may be calling you to Cambodia, where they use three-year-olds to satisfy men or women sexually. He may call you across the world, to Europe. He may call you across the world to lands that never been touched, tribes that never heard of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you bow your heads, I want you to reflect on your life, evaluate your life, and you confess that sin in your heart. Say, Father, forgive me of my sin. Even this being selfish, me, myself, and I, or self-righteous, or yielding to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the world. Father, forgive me. Help me, oh God. I need to submit to you resist the devil and he shall flee so that my heart will be open to Amen. your love to reach out to others and use me to heal another person to bring another soul to bring another treasure out of darkness in jesus name.